Blog Talk Radio. Just keep your 
radio on your channel on to receive what God is speaking to you and be open to receive because it's the anointing. It isn't just my words or things that I would say, but the anointing on the program here, the anointing on the word, the anointing in the air is what happens, you know, in the broadcast here where God can heal your body. We might be talking about healing and you receive a healing, or we might be talking about finances. He will give you a, a, a witty invention or something to make money or what to do or something about money. So it's God here with the people ministering to each one of the individuals he sees fit. Amen. That's the type of atmosphere I like to create before I even speak because that's what it's all about. I'm not just majoring on what I have to say. It's a powerful message from God, which it was last week, part one. And I might say to you that you need to go to the on-demand section on the program here of Reaching Out Radio International and look at for last week. It'll have Season of the Remnant. That's part one. And tonight is part two, which we'll finish on part two tonight. Now, I'm not going to go over part one at all. I'm, I'm going to start from part two because we have enough things here in that time. I don't really have time to go over more than that. So uh, before we get started, let's have a word of prayer and ask God to anoint this, this uh, program tonight, okay? Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Father, as we come before you tonight, I just thank you for this privilege again to, to preach and teach your word on the program, God's Hour of Truth. I thank you for that, Father. I thank you for that opportunity and a chance to share your love and your power to the audience here, here in the United States as well as around the world. Father, I ask that you give me the words to say tonight. Give me your thoughts, your words, and everything you want me to do, Father, because you know what needs to be accomplished. You know what the needs are. You know what you want to do. We want you to do what you want to do tonight on your program. So, Father, I just thank you, Father, that you're going to move tonight on this program and you're going to speak to hearts and you're going to move on those that are not saved, those that need set free, those that need filled with your spirit, the baptism of the spirit, those that need healed, whatever it might be, Father. I just ask that you would just move upon each one. Those that need miracles, I speak miracles to come forth also, Father, that you would move in a special way upon your people tonight. And, Father, we'll give you all the glory and all the praise. Who shall it be to the commander? So it's in the name of Jesus we pray. And with thanksgiving. And we all said amen and amen and amen. Okay. Getting on with our, our program tonight in the season of the remnant. You know, the season of the remnant is the time for the special group of people called the remnant. Now, what is a remnant? Well, a remnant is those that have survived from really an onslaught of things that have happened to them and survived the battle, so to speak, Uh, and and that's what they call a remnant, the ones that made it through. And basically that's what God and who God is calling us day and hour, those that have made it through trials and tribulations that come against them, those that had challenges, which we all have challenges, those that have used the word of God and used the name of Jesus, believe in him, seeing his power and his anointing set them free, that, that's who the remnant really is. Those that know the power of God, those that believe in the power of God, those that live in their life according to the word of God and seeing him, him move in their lives as well as through their lives. People that are called for this last day to do a great work, a mighty work, ushering in the return of Jesus Christ. That's who the remnant is. You, know, you might ask me, say, well, who's in the remnant? Well, God wants everybody in the remnant, but then Second uh, Chronicles 16.9 tells us that his eyes go to and fro upon the earth that he might find those as hard as perfect towards him and he can show himself mighty in and through their lives. So that's what this is all about. It's for those that uh, heart is right and set on Jesus Christ and following him and those that will do that and will believe him, he wants to use them that way. So you know in your heart, you can feel a rise in your heart that God wants to use you and bless you in a mighty way. And that's really what's happening now. It's it's beginning now. It's already begun. And it's escalating to greater and greater areas. Okay. First thing, there's three things that we need to remember uh, about the time that we're in when we speak about the remnant in this hour. First of all, this is appointed time by God for a specific purpose. What we are experiencing now is many things are different than what we've ever experienced in our lives. And the reason is he's preparing us for this last great move 
before the return of Jesus Christ, we are being taught different things. We're, we're having forces of the enemy coming against us because the enemy doesn't want us serving God like this. So we're getting attacked by the devil, and we're being taught and trained by God, and uh, we face many different things, some things in a greater degree than we've ever faced them. Some things are new things that we never even uh, came in contact with before. And the second thing is an anointing for personal provisions, holy living, and for our ministry. God, he does. Anytime there's a move or a major move of God, there's always finances and other things that follow it in your life, you see. It's not just a great move of God, but it's a financial thing for us. It's, it's healing. It's things for our personal lives as well as our ministries to get us at the place we need to be that we can go forth with no holdback, with no weights on us. He wants to set us free from these weights that we can go forward like we never went before. And we're finding new anointings in our lives, new things that we're doing, some to a greater degree, some are great, brand new. You might even become a singer, start the singing that you've never done before. You haven't sung before and you did it. My wife has done that. I've even done that. And uh, there's different things that we do that we've never done before. He opens up new avenues, new doors to us that we use the gifting as he gives to us. Some are new, some are old, some have been in us for a long time and just coming out. But just be open for what God wants to use you for. You know, uh, I go by titles. Of, well, I have five titles in the five-fold ministry. I'll say I'm evangelist, apostle, uh Prophet at Everly, and I, I operate in those three uh, five-fold areas. Also, I'm a teacher, and I, I don't have a church that I'm pastor, but I've founded a number of churches in the past, and I'm a pastor to some and apostle to others, a prophet, a teacher. I, I, people call me everything from my first name to uh, you name it in the five-fold ministry, and I, I went to look about that one time, and this is a, a good way to really describe it. What he told me, I said, what am I, Lord? And he told me, he said, you're all things to all people that some might be saved. And that's what the word says. That's his word, you know. So you and I are all things to all people. It's not so important our titles. These aren't important. Well, we use those. They come out. But the important thing isn't the names or I'm this or I'm that. The important thing is that you're walking in those things, you see. Don't be concerned about the name of what you're walking in. Just walk in it. You can learn that and you can become accustomed to it and, and know what that is. But the important thing is you're doing it, not caught up in any titles or names, but you're doing it. So God says, I want you to be all things to all people that some will be saved. And that's what we are. We're like the apostles, you know, of Jesus. One day they were raised in the dead. The next day they were uh, wait, really waiting on tables. They were, they were seating in the rows of 50 when Jesus fed them or what have you. You see, there's, there's many facets that we operate in. We can operate in mighty things, and then we operate in the smaller things because, uh, you know, we're never too big to do the smallest thing. We're not too small to do the biggest thing. So we have to adjust to what God wants done. So we don't pick and choose. God picks and chooses for us. He says, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. So be a large-minded man or woman of God for the great things, but be a small-minded man or woman of God for the smaller things that you because you're not condescending. You're just doing all things. Jesus, remember, washed the disciples' feet. So, you see, we're not too big for anything. We're not too small for anything. We're just here for everything that God wants in our lives. Amen? Praise God. That's good teaching there, isn't it? Okay. The next thing, it's for everybody. Not for everybody. Well, it is for everybody, but only those that are going to be committed to him and involved in his work and serving him, which I said a few moments ago. But there are the three things. It's a broad appointed time, a time of all the new anointings and provisions and, and teachings and everything that he's given us to get us prepared that we're able to walk in what he wants us to do. We're, we're capable of it. But then it's for those that are committed to Jesus Christ and are hearing his voice through the Holy Spirit. They're hearing from him through the Holy Spirit and obeying his word. That, that's what the qualifications are. So it's for everybody or whosoever will follow him and what he wants. Amen? Okay. I'm going to read three verses that God gave me way back uh, about 40 years ago that have manifested and started, which is for this very hour, and I never knew this until a couple years ago. I've testified this several times, but it pertains to this very hour. 
I never knew till God had showed me this. And when he showed me this, I saw it. And now it's being taught and preached all over what's going on. It's very commonplace to hear people saying that the great things that are getting about to happen are happening and it's going to get greater and greater, which it is, the transfer of wealth from the wicked to the godly, greater anointings, greater miracles, greater everything. Because Jesus said in John fourteen twelve, the things that I do, so shall you do even greater things. So the latter rain is greater than the first rain. So we're going to, God's pouring out all stops. He's pouring out all stops, and he's going to use us like never before. Now, I'm going to read these three verses, and then we're going to learn tonight how are we to walk in these things. We talk about this, how do we walk in them? Okay, these three verses are for this very hour, this very minute, are these. Joel 2, verse 25 and 6, and Habakkuk 2, 3. It begins like this in Joel 2, verse 25 and 26. I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the cankerworm and the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I set among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And that means in the Hebrew, that word ashamed means my people shall never be disappointed. You might have been disappointed a few years ago. Maybe you were disappointed many years ago. Many of you might have even been disappointed about something today. But he said, the promise that I have for you this very hour, you will not be disappointed. My people will not be disappointed. Now, Habakkuk 2.3 says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but the end it shall speak, and it's speaking now, and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Prophesy, prophesy your old men and dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. That's speaking of this hour that we're living in. It's happening. It's not tearing. It's, it's beginning. It's progressively growing into greater and greater things. And that's where we're at. Now, how are we to walk in it? And that's where we left off last week on our, or a couple weeks ago on part one. How are we to walk in this? I have a number of things that uh, I prayed about, and this is how are we to do this. And these things that I'll be speaking to you tonight are the, are the major things that God has showed me that we need to be and do in order to be successful in what I'm teaching about. Okay, first thing, purification, unmovable, ready for translation. In other words, a pure heart standing firm in, in Jesus and his word and ready for rapture, ready for rapture ready or translation and whatever he wants to do in to us on this earth, even translating this on this earth, just like he translated uh, Peter, uh, you know, uh, not Peter, but he translated, remember, Philip, uh, when he was there, he uh, baptized the eunuch. There's a translation, I believe, there, and there's other translations. But uh, being rapture ready, Purification, being pure in heart, pure in everything, and unmovable, steadfast. We have to be. We have to be solid. So many times, people want to be and do so many things, but yet they aren't on a firm foundation. Their foundation is cracked. It's it's uh, sand. It's just not firm at all because something happens and they just go to pieces, or they quit, or they just uh, start speaking the negative things, or uh, just kind of give up on things. You see. And that isn't where he wants us to be. There's times that we get hit and it's difficult. Not to say we don't have time to hit us as hard, but we should bounce back up like a pillow because he does. He does that for us. You know, I've had times that hit me. It knocked me to my knees almost. And we've all experienced those things. But we have to do like David did, you know, in Ziglag. Remember that story of Ziglag where he went out with his men and they defeated the armies and they came back and they found their homes, their families were all gone, uh, and they didn't see anything there. And, of course, he was naturally all torn up, his wife and family gone, and the men were, were really outraged, and they were really they, they were mad at David. They were going to kill David because he took them away from their families. Now their families are gone. So did David quit? Did he say, well, I better get out of here. These men are going to kill me. Or I just give up. Look at what I just did. You know, we won this battle, and I come back, my family's gone. And what kind of a God are we serving? And now my men want to kill me. I might as well just give up. Did he do that? Not at all. He did a couple of things there. 
And one thing, first of all, what he did was he sought God. He sought God. He sought God. He didn't have to have a minister uh, encourage him or somebody tell him something. He went automatically to God. He asked him what to do. He sought his faith. What should I do? How am I going to have victory in this situation, God? God told him what to do. He obeyed him. He did it. He got everything back. Now, he could have got discouraged, but he didn't. I mean, he certainly would have had a right to with his family gone and, and uh because his, his men's family going, they were mad at him, going to kill him. Everything went bad after he had a great uh, victory in battle, him and his men. But he didn't do that. He went to God, and God did that for him. So we need to be solid because the taxes come against us, and we have to be at a place that we're able to deal with them, you see. It's sort of like if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen, because the more you're used, the more I'm used, the greater the attacks are. And we have to realize that we're in a war and be willing to deal with that. Amen? There's a price to pay. There's a price to pay. The second thing is stay focused. And, you know, that can be very difficult sometimes of all the things that are going on in this world to stay focused. Things in your personal family, needs and things like that might come your way. A lot of things, that's difficult at times. But... He says in Isaiah 26, 3, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon thee, because he trusts in thee. So when you're focused, no matter what comes your way, no matter what it is, you're able to give it to the Lord, trust him, and keep going about your way. That's the key to being focused, because these things won't bother you. All they'll hit you, and don't get me wrong, it doesn't mean you're immune from everything and just flying above everything all the time. I'm not trying to tell you that. What I'm saying is you'll be above that when you do get hit with something. You'll be able to use your faith, committing it to God and his word, and then walk away from it and do what he wants you to do. You won't be there at nighttime in your bed, chewing your fingernails, not able to sleep, worried during the day and troubled and, and uh, speaking all kinds of crazy things and down in the dumps with your head low. You won't do that. You'll say, all right, Lord, now what do you want me to do? I believe you. It's a done deal. I got it. Now what do you want me to do? You're taking care of it. You've got a God. You have to be able to say you've got this God and mean it. Don't just say it, but you have to mean it. You've got this God. You've got it. Your heart must say you've got it, God, because when your heart says you've got a God, then that means you don't have it anymore, do you? And you're not going to be concerned about it in the sense of, oh, i got to do something about this or i got to do something about that. You know he's got it, and you're going to go on about the Lord's business. And if he wants you to do or say something there in the thing that you're waiting and believing for, he'll tell you. If he doesn't, then that's up to him. You see, we need to keep our noses out of our prayer life of what we should do and what we shouldn't do and, and try to think how God's going to do it or try to tell him how to do it. And just let God, let go and let God. Because until you let go and let God, God just stands there. He's not going to do a thing. You've got to release that. Just like if I'm handing somebody, say I would hand you a Bible and say, I'm going to give you this Bible. Well, uh, I could hand it to you and you take it in your hand, but I still have a hold of it. Are you going to take it from me? No, I'll be holding on to you. You think, well, man, you've got to release that Bible so I'll have it. I, I don't have that Bible. Now, you're holding on to it. Let it loose. I want it. I, I accept it. I thank it. Hey, you're going to have to turn it loose so I can take it out of your hand. Then I'll have it. Well, that's what God says to you and I. No, well, you've got to get your nose out of it. I've got to get my nose out of it and just do that simple little thing called trust, you know. Faith is now believing God's word and faith to receive is believe I received it now because as soon as you release your faith, in the spirit world, it begins. You've got it right then and there where it manifests or not. And now after that, to use the other thing called patience, and it says in James uh, 1.5, it says, let patience have her, or excuse me, James 1.4, let patience have her perfect work and you'll lack nothing. So patience is the twin sister of faith. Okay? Now there's some things that might linger a while. It doesn't manifest right away. And that's where you put into another year called trust. Sometimes things don't happen right away. There's things I've waited for for very, very years and years are just happening now. But it's not going to be like that so much now. I know the return of Jesus is that soon. But yet, you have to just simply be willing to trust it because God's got it. 
The outcome is going to be in your favor for your side. The, the outcome is going to be for you. It's going to be for the best for you. God always does for you what is best. Not like people. People many times do what is best for them. But God does what is best for you. So know what, what he's doing for you, even though it hasn't manifested yet. Maybe you don't understand it, but, hey, he's making something for you. It is best for you and your best interest. Take that to the bank. When you believe that, you're going to be able to stand better because you know he's preparing it for you, right? See, these are thoughts that you and I have to have to stay focused because the devil tries to bring stuff against us to rattle our brains, so to speak, and get us out of the uh, the place that we should be in with the Lord, you see. And then maybe God is trying to speak to us about something, but we don't hear him because we're over in left field there concerned about something about ourselves because the devil's led us astray, you see. So we have to recognize that. And to, to stay focused on other things is to cast down all uh, everything, all imaginations and everything, high things that exalts itself against the word of God and bringing into captivity every thought onto Jesus Christ, Second Corinthians 10.5. In other words, your mind is where everything enters into, good or bad. And it's up to you and I to filter it out by the noise in the spiritual that we have is this from God? Is this from the devil? Should I listen to something speak in my head saying, you're going to be sick, you're going to be sick, you're going to lose, you're a loser, you're a failure, everybody's going to go away from you, you're making a fool of yourself. Things like that, you know where they're from, right? Now, if it's something positive, now see, uh, you can do all things through me, you're more than a conqueror, health, healing, victorious things, we know it's from God. I mean, I'm telling you some simple things, but you have to learn to take the things that come in your mind and filter them because you don't want to get through your mind and they're in your heart when you start to be thinking on them because you're going to be building up fear instead of faith. When you take the words of the devil in your mind and you let them pass down to the heart, you're going to build up fear if you, you start trying to talk to the devil. Fear comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the devil. Faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of God, right? So let's get ourselves focused and stay focused and quit Jesus Christ first, because if you put him first, the head pin first, everything else is going to fall into order. I've learned that over the years. You know, Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you, right? So if I put him first, seek first the kingdom, he said, all these things will be added to me. So I'm not going to have to be seeking his his uh, hands all the time. I'm just seeking his face for what I'm to do because he's going to supply my needs and meet the needs that I have. He said, you do my business, and I'll take care of your business. Don't you try to take care of your business and my business. That doesn't mean that we don't look at things in our life and prepare and do things. That simply means that we're not trying to do it ourselves. We're trusting him to do it because he puts it together, and he puts it together right, and it flows. It's not a struggle like it is when you and I try to do things. We, we at it and sweat at it and worry about it and things like that if we try to do it. Really, we do if we do that. But when you trust him about it, it's smooth, there's no worry, no fear, or no fear and it really works. It really works. And, and uh, it, it's perfected. You know, and that's what amazes me. We let him have things. We see things work out and you say, man, oh, man, that was God. That, that's perfect. Oh, I can't. I just can't think any different than that. That is just so perfect. Uh, I couldn't imagine anything that happened any better than that. Uh, you, you see perfection in everything he does, on the things that he does for you, and his provisions for you, his direction. You see perfection in what he does in and through your life as you let him have your life. Okay, the next thing, get ready to get out of your boat of familiar things. Get ready for change. It's time to get out of those four walls in the local church. I just say, uh-oh, what do you mean, tell us don't go to church? No. No, I'm saying get your mind and your heart out of those four walls because you're the church, not those four brick block walls or whatever they are. That's not the church. That's the building where the church resides. But you're the church. The Holy Ghost is in you. We're all the church as individuals. Amen. We are the church as individuals, so we are the church, not I need to get them to come to my church, my building. That's great, but what do you say you as a church minister them because you are a church. You minister that person to get them saved, to get them healed, delivered. You're the church. Just don't take that to the pastor or the evangelist. 
God has called you to do that too. He said, they shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They'll cast out devils. And Mark chapter 16, doesn't it say that? He says all those things. So you see, you need to do these things. We're not just talking about fivefold ministry. See, we've given the impression so much as just the, the great pastor, the great prophet, the great this, the great that, so to speak, and you are just little people. You, you don't count. Well, I have you know, the Bible says, whosoever will, it'll work for. It'll work for a, a one-day-old Christian as much as it will for a, a 50-year veteran who administered around the world and had a million souls saved. It works for whosoever will do it. So don't ever think that you can't do that. Because if you dare to believe the word of God, he'll do it through you as quick as he would through me or anybody else. He will. You have equal ground. This is a, a, a level playing field. He gives each one of us the measure of faith, not a measure of faith, because it would be different measures, but the measure. He measures out faith to every one of us the same measure, not more one for another. No more. He didn't give me any more faith than you or you any more faith than me. But what he gave to us, then it's up to you and I to exercise that faith and use that faith. Because, you know, there's a scripture in Ephesians 3.20 that says, God is abundantly able to do above all we ask or even think according to the power that works in us. So that's the power that works in us, our faith, what we dare to believe, what we dare to do. So now get ready to get out of your boat of the familiar things and get ready to get into deeper things. Don't be fearful of things that are over your head more than they ever were and looks like, you know, just uh, phenomenal things. Because this is the day, the time of what the Bible, what it is, is extravagant faith. Great faith, great faith, great moves of God that you've never experienced before. Whether it's uh, casting out devils, if it's raising the dead, uh, healing the sick, uh, doing miracles, the Lord does them through you. You don't do them. He does them through you. All you do is speak the word, and he just does it through you. And when God uses it this way, you see very evidently, you know it wasn't you. I know it wasn't me in the things over the years of ministry that I've done. It wasn't me that did one thing. And I realize it more and more. The more and the greater things he does through me to others, the more I realize that I had nothing in it. It's not a a self-exalting thing or an ego trip or a, a swelled head trip. Uh, it isn't because it humbles you. It humbles you, and you really realize that, hey, I didn't do this at all. You know, you really realize that. So it's a humbling experience. So be ready to allow Jesus to work through you because it's Jesus working through you. Everything you do, it's by the word of God, through the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. And that's what gets the job done. And that's who does the job. All you do is speak the words and Go where he tells you to go and do what he tells you to do. That's it. Say what he wants you to say. That's that's it. That's it. So be ready. Get out of that boat because if you don't get out of the boat, you can't walk in the water. That was a great feat when Peter walked on the water right there, wasn't it? But he had to get out of the boat. A lot of people say, well, wow, I love to walk in the water. I like to do this. I can do a mighty thing like that. Yes, that would be great, wouldn't it? But do you ever consider before you did that great thing, you're going to have to get out of that boat and dare to put your foot in that water, aren't you? That's what we don't think about sometimes. We want to do great things, but then when it comes to us doing things that we know are being possible for us, just like Peter would have thought, walking on water, we have to dare to do it, you see. And that's what God wants us to do. Okay, that's where he shows up. He shows up and he shows out. Okay, the next thing, don't. Try to use past experiences to walk out God's plan for you. First of all, don't you try to walk out God's plan. You don't do that because his ways and thoughts are not ours. They're above them, according to Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. So if you try to walk it out or figure it out, you'll be wrong every time. So, And you can't use your past experiences either because we're in a new era. So we have to get fresh manna. Fresh manna. Let God direct you how he wants you to do it. Don't try to tell him how to do it or say, Lord, I think we can do this a little faster. I'm going to step it up. Because a lot of people start out in the spirit, but they're in a hurry to get it done. And they say, come on, let's get going. Let's get going here. And they try to push you along, and they mess the whole thing up. No, the Bible tells us, let patience have her perfect work, and you'll lack nothing. And also it tells us, in your patience, possess you your souls. So in our patience, we get everything. Patience. James, that patience ever a perfect work, but you'll lack nothing. 
But if we're not patient and we try to do it ourselves, we mess it up, you see. So we have to realize these things. We have to realize that it's a God thing. He starts it and he finishes it. All we do is what he wants us to do, you see. We follow him, and that's it. We don't try to uh, put our two cents in, because I, I was never asked by God. I was never called to, in the big three, we'll say, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, uh, to make decisions. See, they're the ones that make decisions, the Trinity. God makes decisions. He used his son Jesus. He used the Holy Spirit. They're the ones that are ruling it, the Trinity, the Godhead, not you and not I. We just follow the Lord. We're his servants, his children, his servants, and we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. He's our elder brother. Okay? The next thing, you have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit and totally committed to God. Uh, that's easy to say, isn't it? I could say, well, I'm, I'm uh, totally committed to God, and I'm in tune with the Holy Spirit. But you know something? That, that's not just one time. Like, I'm, I am right now, okay, right where I'm sitting right now. I'm that way. I can confess that. I'm in tune. I'm in touch, and, and I'm committed totally. But tomorrow comes. Do I have that same position? You see, that's a decision that I must make in my mind, in my heart, that I'm going to walk in that daily. That's a decision, you see. That's an attitude. We have to set our mind to that. We have to purpose that. We have to purpose that we're going to do it, you see. We can't be haphazard on things like that. We have to purpose it. Hey, I commit myself to you today. Use me as you see fit. Today, give me the daily bread that I'm to have and what I'm going to do, whatever it is. I follow you. I just praise you. I thank you. For me to live is you. For me to die is to gain, like Apostle Paul said in the Bible. And that's what it boils down to. You and I need to do that daily. We need to be consistent with it, you see, because every day is a new challenge. No matter how victorious you are today, tomorrow's a new day. We do this thing day by day by day by day by day, amen? Not just one day and then a week later we do it again and then two weeks later again. No, no, we do it daily, okay? Now, here's a big one. This goes against human nature. Don't be afraid of the unknown. Trust God, go forward, seeing his ability and not yours. You know, human being, nature of a human being is to be afraid of what they don't know, what they can't explain, what they can't figure out, what they don't understand. They have some fear there, don't they? And that's human nature. But whose nature we have now? We have the God nature. We have the mind of Christ, don't we? And we believe that it's not us, but it's Jesus doing it. As a matter of fact, when you get out of what you think you can do or what you can't do, and you just simply trust God, trust Jesus Christ, and in that name of Jesus Christ, God will do it. He said, I will do, Father God will do what you ask him in my name. He said, in my name you ask the Father, and he will do it. So you and I have to see that, hey, this great thing that uh, is unknown to us, we don't understand this thing with Father God and Jesus' name, I need your help with this. I don't understand it. Help me to do what I'm to do, my part, whatever it is. In other words, you take it over because it's not my ability and it's not my strength. That's how you present yourself in a, a situation. Don't look at it for what you could do or what you couldn't do or how you messed up in the past or what happened because if you do, you're going you're gonna to do it. That's why people dare to not get out of the boat, you see. But you must see that it's not your ability that's going to get the job done, so therefore all the glory goes to God. You get no glory for it as if you're some special somebody. No, no. All you get out of it is simply you're blessed by God, and, and, and what really the most can be said about it, you obey God. The greatest man that ever lived, we'll say the great man of the Bible, the great man of the Bible like Paul, different ones, the best we could say to them was they obeyed God. They gave their life to him. For them to live was Christ to die is to gain. They gave their total commitment to him. They obeyed him. So that that's the greatest thing you can say about any man, woman, boy, or girl. Amen? Okay. So don't be afraid of anything because God has it all under control. You're his child. You're his child. And he will help you. He's a very present help in trouble, according to Psalms 46.1. He said, uh, their refuge is our strength, the very present help in trouble. And he says in the 10th verse, be still and know that I am God. 
That means don't you get frustrated, don't you get worried and try to solve the problem in your own strength. Just be patient. He said, be still and let me show up and show you who I am. Let me show you me. Let me show you my power. Let me show you that you know that, hey, God is for real. His power is for real. It isn't just a, a Sunday school lesson or something we hear in church, but look what he did. Look what he did. Only God could do that. He wants to show himself to you to show that, hey, I'm real. I'm not a myth or I'm not some some uh, ghostly figure in the sky, but I'm a real God that loves you. I'm a real God that has power. I'm a real God that's taking care of you. I'm a real God that I want you to trust in. I want to use you. I want to bless you. I want you to show me to the world and get more people to me. I want to redeem as many as I can from this world so there'll be more people going to heaven than to hell. And and he said, I want want to use you. I want to use you like my son. Be like my son. I'm trying to teach you and show you and get you to the place that you look more like my son Jesus that's a perfect example. That's what he wants from you and I. So don't fear the unknown because God's got it. There isn't anything unknown or strange to him. Now, be open for the extreme. I won't even go into detail there, but the the things that you read in the Bible, again, from raising the dead to walking on water, everything, do not be moved by those things that, oh, my heavens, we can't do that. Oh, my, that's way out there. I don't have faith for that. No, nobody has faith for that. We don't. It's not our faith that gets the job done. We have faith in the one that does it. In the name of Jesus Christ, we have faith in Jesus and his name and Father God doing it through us. He will do it through you. Amen? He will do it for you or through you. He does things for you, for your being, and he does things through you to show himself to others through you. Amen? So be open for the extreme. In fact, uh, back in 1927, Smith Wigglesworth, one of the greatest men of God in the centuries, a great man of God, uh, said uh, the faith that we're to have, we're to have extravagant faith. This is uh, in 1927. There was eight things he mentioned, and the number eight was extravagant faith, faith that goes beyond what we've ever experienced or heard of before. It did not say uh, at the beginning of this message that God is pouring out all stops. Doesn't that just make good common spiritual sense? When he pours out all stops, he's going for the he's going for the gold in you and I, isn't he? He wants you and I to go for the gold to show him to the people, not for ourselves, not to make names for ourselves, because this is this is a season of the great move of God of the unknown. In fact, the day of the people who don't have reverend beside their name is what this day is really for, folks, really for. Not that we aren't confused, men, women, the fivefold ministry, yes, but you guys the same as we are, you see, everybody. We're all, we're all workers and co-workers. We have different positions, but we're all workers together. And that includes even with us with Jesus, because he's our elder brother. We're co-workers with him. <coughs> Excuse me. But that's what it is. So recognize you're a whosoever will. I'm a whosoever will. Everybody's a whosoever will. So you take a hold of that word and dare to apply that word, believe that word, stand that word, trust that word, and don't accept what symptoms come your way, what people say, what you think, what you feel, what the newscaster says, what the doctor says. Uh, what the president says or anybody else says. Don't pay any attention to what anybody says unless it's according to the word of God. I don't care if it's it's the number one most powerful man in the world, whether it be from the president of the United States to leaders in other countries, a a doctor, a professor, don't even consider it. Just consider the word of God because they're wrong if it doesn't coincide with the Bible. Let all men be liars and the word of God be true, the Bible tells us, right? And we have to be that way about everything in life. Consider what the word says. Are you going to believe the report of the doctor or are you going to believe the report of God? The doctor and and people speak facts, facts, right? There is facts. There is facts that people have diseases. There's facts of this. There's facts of that. And it's a fact. You know, it's an actuality. It's there the cancer or the COVID or whatever, the disease, they detect this there under the microscope or what have you. But the truth is, by Jesus' stripes, you were healed 2,000 years ago. So the truth supersedes the facts. The facts have to go in the name of Jesus, and truth ousts it. Truth is light coming into the darkness of the facts. You flash Jesus Christ's light on the darkness of facts, the facts must go, and truth must prevail, if you believe that. 
Amen? Truth prevails if we believe it, if we act on it. Amen? You've got to act on it. Be hearers, not doers, it says in the book of James, James 1, 20, uh, 22, or otherwise you deceive yourself. Be a doer of it, and that's being a doer. And when you're a doer and you work the word of God, you're going to see God work it, and you're going to see the facts go out the window. Amen? Okay. This is some good teaching, folks. This is how we're to live our lives. Okay. Theology. I just have a few more. Theology and experience always confirm one another. But now what you, you see, you might learn the theology later. The witness of the Spirit will cause you not to be misled. Okay. What that means, you say, what in the world are you trying to say here? What I'm trying to say to you is just like when you first get saved, you would be doing certain things and you didn't know what the Bible said about them, and then you would read it in the Bible. Oh, hey, I've been doing this. I, I felt to do this, and the Bible says it. Well, I'm doing what the Bible said, but I didn't know it was in the Bible. That's what I'm talking about. Now, I've been in this a lot of years, 50 years, but I don't know everything. I've got a lot to learn, just like everybody else does, you see. And what I'm saying to you, I've learned more in these past couple of years than I've learned all the time because we're getting so much more knowledge. So, therefore, I've had things now, many prophetic was I operate prophetically, and I've, I've operated as a prophet and, and things that uh, I've had for years and years, and I didn't know it scripturally exactly what it was, and nobody else did hear it. It came out of Jewish reach where I really learned it. There was no other preacher I heard here in the United States even talking about it because most of them know, speak what truth is going on, but the, the uh, basic reason for it and what it biblically says is two different things. And some of this gets hairy and you get into the word about things. I mean, it really gets in there, folks. And the thing about it is uh, the Holy Spirit will lead you what to do. And then, of course, it's backed up by the word of God. But if you're doing the word of God, you'll have the witness of the Spirit if you're doing it the right, the proper way, or he'll correct you. You'll have a, a uh, nudge there that, hey, something isn't right here. He'll, he'll remind you that. Now, say you don't know what the Bible says, but you, you, you are led to do certain things. If it's the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's not leading you contrary to the word, but just maybe you don't know that scripture or scriptures yet. But you do that, and then you'll get it later. But normally he'll give you scripture for it. But I'm just saying this. Uh, so you'll know that as long as you are able to hear and know the Holy Spirit, you will be able to do the right thing. You see, and like I said, He's always the Holy Spirit is always by the Word of God. The Word of God is always by the Holy Spirit. So the two go hand in hand, you see. We need both. We need the witness of the Spirit and the Word of God. Or otherwise, if we just are spiritual without the Word, we can become flaky. You know, just like all these flaky people are out there, la-la land, you know. But the word of God will back it up. Now, if you're all the word of God and no spirit, you'll be one of those people that is, is hardcore legalism, legalistic or legalism. You can be a legalist or a flake. A flake has too much spirit if you're not really hearing from the Holy Spirit. A legalist is one that's by the word of God and usually doesn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues or anything. They, they usually shut those things out to this word, word, and you can become a legalist. And, of course, so I won't go into that anymore, but uh, I'm just saying the two work hand in hand. But I wanted to say that because we're learning new things today, folks. I'm learning new things today, and we all are. This is a time of learning. Jesus said that knowledge will increase, not just uh, knowledge of the world, but spiritual knowledge. We're all growing and learning more. Okay, the next thing, you'll be amazed how God uses you. Get ready, because God wants to use you in a way you never even expected in a mighty way. He wants to use you. He wants to use you. And it's exciting. It's exciting. Allow him to do that. Just allow him to, to work through you what he wants you to do. Just be open for that. Say, Lord, use me in what you want. And when you allow him to do that, he'll deal with you personally. where it'll become more real to you. You'll know what to do, when to do it, and all. And you'll, you'll learn these things. It's something you can't really be taught. But all you do is come to the Lord with the right heart is, Lord, use me the way you want. I want to be exactly what you called me to be. I want to cross every T. I want to dot every I. I don't want to miss uh, uh, anything at all. I want you to tell me at the end, well done, now good and faithful servant. I want to please you, Lord. 
in all things. When you have that attitude towards God, see, that's the attitude we need to have. That, that's openers right there. I could have said that back to the beginning of the message. That's openers that you want that. Your attitude depends on your, depends your altitude. Your altitude will go no higher than your attitude. If you have the wrong attitude, it's a lost, lost cause. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he, Proverbs 23, 7. So as you think and as you believe, that's how high you're going to go, and that's the way you're going to go, as you think you see. Okay? So be open for that because this is a season. Uh, I've had new things in my life that I've never done before after all these years, new things and new giftings, new talents and things like that. And we grow in them, but they're all to be used. All, they're all things to all people that some will be saved. You can help them this way. You can help them that way. That's why you're given gifting to help others, to be a blessing to others. Okay, here's a really a good one right here. And this is what keeps people back from stepping out. Don't be afraid of failure, losing your reputation, or looking like a fool as God tells you to do what you haven't done before. Well, don't be afraid of stumbling because I'll tell you something. We all learn and we make mistakes as we're learning. I've made mistakes as I learned. We all do. We all do. Everybody does. Don't be afraid of that because you're honing, you're sharpening the skills of what you're being used in. Recognize that. And once you make a mistake and you learn not to make that mistake again, you become more keen, more understanding about how to apply it better, how to be more effective, how to see more results, how to bring more fruit, see more people help, you see. We want to see as many saved, healed, delivered, and set free, don't we? I want to see as many as I can. But then I have to be taught and learn how I can be more effective, do a better job of it with a greater anointing and a way I operate in a better way. In other words, God says, son, I know you want to do that, and I'm going to show you how to be more effective. And he does that with all of us, you see. So he says another thing just came to my mind. Thank you, Lord. You know, as you bear fruit, the Bible says that uh, he trims you or he prunes you, doesn't it? He said in the Gospel, uh, he said, Jesus says, he, you're pruned. Even though you're bringing forth uh, fruit, you're being pruned. And what does pruning do? Pruning makes when you cut off everything, it makes what's going to grow out from you greater than what was on there. In other words, it's going to become stronger. It's going to become bear more fruit, you see. It's just like people, get, they say, get short haircuts or teddy bear haircuts. I used to be told this as a kid. When you get your hair cut really short, it helps your hair grow thicker. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but I know that about branches and pruning. When you cut them back there, they grow uh, more prosperously. There's more fruit that comes from them. They become stronger. So you can be a mighty woman of God or a mighty man of God, and you are pruned because God says you are mighty, but I want to make you mightier. And we're never, we never can be too mighty in God, can we? Never. We never reach the top. We never hit the top of glory, and we're there, and that's it. We, we're, we arrived because Paul said, I'm pressing toward the mark, the high calling in Jesus Christ in Philippians 3, 13 and 14, right? And that's what he said, and that's, that's the way with you and I. We press towards the mark. We don't attain the mark, but I'm pressing towards it. In other words, I haven't arrived, but I'm better than I was yesterday. I'm better than I was a week ago. I'm better than I was two weeks ago. You see, we progressively be getting better and better at it. That's what it's all about. Now, the last thing I had, I had 11 points on this right here. Uh, on this, uh, I have here, it's time for extravagant faith, one of the last day prophecies which I shared. So it's a time... For you and I to make up our minds, make up our minds that, hey, I am going to do exactly what God wants when he wants me to do it. I'm not going to leave anything anymore holding me back. I'm not going to put any restrictions and and want to do things my way or when I want to do them or any pre-thought things that I want. But I'm just going to lay it all aside. I want to go where you want me to go. I want to be where you want me to be geographically, spiritually. I just want to be where I am to be. That's what it is. It's pouring out all stops. And then when you do that, take everything out of your mind in the realm of uh, what is so great and what isn't so great. And I don't have faith for this. I don't have faith for that. Just get that out of your mind and just learn to flow with Jesus and do what he wants you to do and dare to step out when he, and when he and as he directs you. 
and he will do these things through you. You will see these things. And as you see these things, your faith will increase because it will become more accustomed to you. We're learning these things. We're growing in them. And it can become more uh, natural. Well, put it this way, commonplace is the word. It's going to become more commonplace. The great things of God that he's showing these last days is for the purpose for him to be commonplace, that he can show himself to the people that he is real because God wants as many souls in the kingdom as you and I can really win for him and what we can do and show Jesus to him, you see, to the people. He wants the people to get saved. He wants them to come back to him. So, therefore, he's going to give us everything we have need of, do everything he can for us in every way that we can be as effective as we can be. You understand that? As effective as we can be. So that's why we got to pull out all stops and we can say, well, I'm only, we can't say, well, I'm only going to go this high, God. I, I just can't go any more than that. I'm, just, I'm setting uh, a limit. You can't set any limits anymore. Take the lid off the limits right there. The sky is the limit. God's the limit, not you. God's abundantly able to do above all that you ask or even think according to what's working in you. What's working in you right now? Are you, is what working in you what you did uh, uh, years ago or maybe what you failed in and you have fear of doing it again because I've made myself look bad, I look like a, a mess up and a mess up and things? Uh, or is your mind in a way now, Lord, hey, I want to do what you want me to do and I'm just going to forget everything and I'm starting a new life right now, brand spanking new, and I'm going to serve you like I never did before. I'm laying all things aside. Because when you lay those things aside, you sweep all the uh, garbage out, clean the house real good. When you do that, you get rid of all that stuff, you start building a strong foundation. And that's what he wants us to do, to build on a foundation, focus, believe in him, dare to step out what he wants you to do. Folks, this, what I'm saying in this message, what I said these two weeks, is your answer to be a mighty woman or a mighty man of God or a mighty boy or girl of God, whatever it might be, because God is using children, he's using men, women, old men, young men, uh, black men, white men, yellow men, purple men. He's using whosoever will, you see. It's not about skin. It's about sin in this world. Skin has nothing to do with it. Skin has nothing to do with it. We are all human beings. I like what Martin Luther King said. He, he looked at the, not the, the color of a man's skin, but the integrity of that man, what's in his heart, what he is. That's how that's what we are judged by, and that's how God looks at us. It's not by anything but what is really truly in our heart, our motives, our attitudes, our purpose, our actions, our reactions, our commitments. What we're putting first, what do we value the most? He's looking at those things, folks, and our consistency. Am I doing it one day, then next day not, next day do it, then skip a couple more days and do it a couple of days? No, that's another thing, consistency or faithful. You know the word faithful, you could you can put the word consistency in there because faithful means faithful. That means you're not one day faithful, next day you're not. That means you're on call all the time. Matter of fact, it even goes as far as the word tells us to be instant in season, be instant out of season. And let me tell you, I've had a lot of instant out of seasons where I didn't feel like anything. I, I know what it's like to get up in the wee hours of the morning. I know what it's like to be doing things and you're just bone-tired and right there you had to do something. You knew you had to do it. I mean, there's times that you don't feel like doing it, but you see, you and I need to be at a place in our walk with the Lord in this hour in particularly that we're not giving in to our flesh. And I don't mean you're abusing your body, going to knock yourself out. There's a time we have to rest. Don't get me wrong. But we don't cater to what we want to do, our likes and our dislikes, and name our course of action, but we do what God wants. And that's what it's all about, you know, just give it in to him. So in closing, I would just remind you that this is a season for the army of the remnant warriors. And you all know by listening to these messages, and I encourage you to listen to this one again tonight that I just did and listen to the one uh, before that, part one, because they're, they're together. I didn't speak that much about that. This later foundation, God wanted the foundation later, the first message. And this one I got into more specific. But listen to both of them, share those messages, because this is what it's all about. If you and I are going to win people to Jesus and be used like Jesus was, that you and I could say, 
the things that Jesus did so can I do even greater things because he went to his Father. Because that's what he's laid upon each one of us. The things I do, you will do. So are we doing the things that he did? Now, I'm not just talking about mighty miracles and things like that, but walking in love, forgiving people, uh, being uh, honest with people, uh, being as good as our word. Uh, I could get into all kinds of things here tonight and talking about, but that would be a different subject. But our character, which is the fruit of the Spirit, that was Jesus' character, Galatians 5, 22, 23. So that's how I'll, I'll, I'll close this. If you want to be like Jesus' character, read Galatians 5, 22, 23. If you want to be in Jesus' power, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, verse, excuse me, chapter 12, verse 7 through uh, 11. The gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit. And that's his ability. So his abilities and the gifts of the Spirit, which are will work through us as the Holy Spirit wills, and the fruit of the Spirit is something that's within us that we ourselves have to apply and begin to act out for him to enable us to do it, you see. In other words, there's fruit are inside us to be like Jesus was, but we have to put forth the effort, then the Holy Spirit helps us to do it, which is impossible to do ourselves. We cannot walk in the fruit of the Spirit outside the Holy Spirit, but we have to will to do it. Then the Holy Spirit steps in and we do it. But if we don't will to do it, the Holy Spirit won't step in. You see, that's how we're in the ability of Christ, and this is how we're in the, the personality or, or who he was. In other words, his uh, uh, integrity, you see, the type of man that he was. Okay. I'm going to say a prayer before we close here. I'm going to pray. And I just uh, I just feel the Holy Spirit here very strongly. And I'm just going to ask him to help each one of you, to help us all. Not just you all. I, 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 point, I always point to myself, too, because I need it just like you do. Everybody needs it, folks. There is nobody exempt. I'm going to pray, and I want you to receive right now what you have need of from the Lord. What you have with a physical thing, a personal thing, your wisdom, direction, what to do next, where you want me, Lord. Whatever it is, I'm just going to pray and I'm going to ask God to touch everybody to what they need that they can go forth and be a remnant warrior that he'll be pleased in. Okay? Are you ready to receive? Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for tonight. I had a lot of fun tonight. I enjoyed this. I felt your presence. I felt your presence in such a way, God, in such a way I felt your presence that I'm just, uh, I, I'm just so overwhelmed. And I just want to pray now a little simple prayer. And, Father, I just ask you right now to meet every listener who will listen to this, this uh, uh, tape right here, Father, who will listen to this. And if they listen to this, Lord, I call the lost saved. I call the sick healed. Those that are oppressed and those that are bound, I call them free. I break the powers of Satan. I break the powers of darkness off of every life, every life here that's listening to this, every life that's listening to it. I break the powers of Satan off, and I speak light and life into them right now in the name of Jesus. And I command Satan out of their household, out of them, and all curses broken and reversed and redirected to the pits of hell. And, Lord, I just speak light to these people right now, your light. Illuminated, illuminated, illuminated in our lives, Lord. Show yourself mighty. I just feel in my spirit right now, just like an illumination, it's just a, there's a mighty move of God going on here. There's, things are going on. I don't completely understand this, but I, I know that this, just great things going on. You people are being touched wonderfully, wonderfully, a special way, a special way. Oh, yes, yes. Just, just receive what, what the Lord is doing right now in your life. Just receive it. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it. I'm letting him minister to you. Just let him minister to you. And I, I'm going to say this in closing before I jump out of here because it's time for you and him, not me anymore, but time for you and him because his presence is there. I want him to minister to you. And I'm going to ask you if there's anything that you have to say, you can contact me. It's Ed 
or extended hands of Jesus at yahoo.com. That's my email, extended hands of Jesus at yahoo.com. Also, if you have your computer, you're looking to program, there's comments down below if you're looking at it on, listen to it on the computer. If you scroll down, mark your comments there if you have questions or want to talk or whatever it might be, comments are there. Just make your comments, okay? But I encourage you, not just this meeting night or any time of any of the programs that you do this, because we want to we help you as individuals. We want to help you. We want to be a blessing and see the power of God work and change your life. Okay? Well, listen, I love you all, and I will see you then in a couple of weeks right here. In fact, the uh, uh, second week of the month, which will be two weeks from the night, you all have a blessed evening there, and just let the Holy Spirit minister to you. And uh, I just I just felt such a sweetness of the Holy Spirit. Just, just allow him to minister to you, because I'm telling you, this is the time. This is the time, folks. This is the time of receive of God. In Jesus' name, I love you all. Good night, everybody. <laughs>